One of the big initiatives we've had here at Diesel Laptops over the last 12, 18 months is having integration talks with other companies that have the same customers that we do. So the more our software at Diesel can work with their software, the better it is for the user. So on this conversation here with HCSS, you're gonna learn about what they do, uh, how we work with them. And I, I think I also want you just to come away with like, how big this industry is and how intertwined it is with everything you do in your lives than we do in our lives, right? Heavy construction, uh, trucking, equipment, everything we you know touch, eat, <laughs> do anything with, uh, a piece of diesel machinery equipment helped get it there along the way and probably a, probably a couple of them. So it's companies like HCSS, it's companies like ours at Diesel Laptops that are help supporting these people to be more efficient at their jobs um, and, and make the world keep moving around. So enjoy the conversation with the two gentlemen here at HCSS. Well, today I have the pleasure of not one, but two guests on the podcast from a new integration partner here at Diesel Laptops. And what I'm really excited about here is this is, I think, bridging kind of a both way bridge here with both of our companies kind of working together. So uh, let's first introduce the people and then we're going to talk about what they do. Um, and I actually got some questions for them that I, I, I'm actually genuinely interested in. because like this whole civil engineering off highway world. It's like this whole mystery to me how things work. And I, I think these guys have probably some of my answers here. Uh, so maybe, Philip, why don't you go first and just kind of explain everyone, you know, who you are and, and what you do over there. Uh, Phil Robinson. I'm the principal product manager of Fleet Solutions here at HCSS. I've been with HCSS for uh, around a little bit over 14 years. Uh, so kind of came up from the support side and, and very quickly latched onto the fleet side. And so I've been working with fleet managers and mechanics for, you know, a little bit over a decade. Now, when you say fleet, is it is it on highway, off highway, both? How do you guys define fleet over there at your company? Because I think sometimes people define that a little bit differently in the industry. So for us, it's a uh, it, it kind of a mixed fleet in the uh, kind of in the purest sense of the term. So for us, a fleet is anything from your standard white rolling stock, uh, 18 wheelers, long haul trucks, stuff like that, uh, all the way down to uh, portable uh compactors and, and and things like that so uh, fleet for us is representative of small tools off highway equipment on highway equipment uh, and then there's a lot of specialty equipment in the construction space as well all right uh, and Ratib, same question at you uh Ratib on monster been at hcss uh, half as much as phil so he's 14 years i'm seven years uh i had up our partnerships and our marketplace initiatives here at HCSS. So essentially, um, I mean, I was I was the guy that kind of started off working with Diesel and figuring out how we're going to work together and integrating together and um, you know helping that bring it to life. Um, so my job day in day out is I find companies that help us elevate the customer experience, um, and uh, as long as they are. Uh, you know, that we're able to work together fairly well. Um, that's who we're looking for. So it's been awesome working with Tyler and his team over the last couple of months and uh, look forward to a fruitful relationship. Well, I think it was like a year ago, maybe when we had the first the first conference call. It feels like ages ago or maybe minutes ago. I can't remember yeah. anymore. But yeah. but the question I got for you is I hear software companies talk about marketplaces all the time, right? Like I think I'm familiar with like the Apple Marketplace or the Android Marketplace. How how does it work with with your company in the marketplace, and what's it what's that designed for? How's it used? 
So it's actually very similar, right? So you you mentioned uh, uh, Apple Marketplace. So app, there's a bunch of apps on the Apple Marketplace, whether it's you know Facebook, a LinkedIn, a diesel laptops, a HCSS product, whatever it may be. Um, and essentially what Apple does is that they help you go to market with these products and they help you market these to their customers. Their customers are iPhone and iPad and Mac users. Um, and they market that because um, they don't want to be in the same business that you're in. So they're leveraging some of their um, brand equity and they're leveraging some of their presence within uh, the tech marketplace to help promote your product. Apple doesn't want to go develop uh, diesel repairs. They don't want to go develop HCSS telematics. Uh, so they rely on us to deliver that. Um, and the same applies for HCSS. We, there are uh, there are a lot of people that we could work with that do things really, really well, such as you guys, that instead of us having to go and try to figure this thing out, um, we rely on you for the heavy lifting. Yeah, no, it makes it makes sense. Right. And I, I think we have ambitions to do similar things with some of our hardware platforms and some things in the future. So it's always it's always interesting to see how different companies take little different angles and different approaches to to make better experiences for the user at the end of the day is, is a lot of what this is about. Uh, so, Phil, you've been there. You've been there longer than Retieb. I've, I've been on the website. Uh, there's there's a lot of products and a lot of things going on in HCSS. I know we struggle just to keep up with a couple, but maybe hopefully you can give the audience an overview of like you know, the, the main products or who, who you really help at the end of the day. Yeah. So I'll give you a, I'll give you a kind of a, an overview of the fleet side and then I'll let you, I'll let Reteb catch everything else. But so in the fleet space, uh, we, you're right. We do have a, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of offerings there. Uh, we try to be, to have a solution for a lot of the, uh, problems that construction companies are facing. You know, Reteb mentioned the marketplace where, uh, there's a lot of better together opportunities out there for people who do or specialize like diesel laptops. Um, but there's also a lot of, uh, a lot of day-to-day -day operations that we cover. So, uh, one of the big ones on my end, uh, that I am, uh, responsible for is asset management. Uh, so that could be fleet maintenance, uh, uh, fleet management. Um, so to that end, we have a couple of different products, uh, our integration is initially taking place with uh, HSS Telematics. And so HSS Telematics is a hardware and software platform that captures machine data and powers or sends that machine data to our other applications. So that's going to be critical business decisions such as uh, idle time, asset utilization, things like that. Uh, and then all the way down to uh, something kind of uh, repetitive, like uh, preventive maintenance, which is arguably the most important thing that uh, that we help shops with. So, uh, kind of a, it, it, it kind of runs the gamut from uh, cradle to grave on the fleet side on on what we're offering. Um, the equipment 360 side is our our asset management platform that's going to capture all of the work orders, uh, all of the preventive maintenance uh, history, the asset management, mechanic time cards, things like that. All right. And I think, uh, Tim, you were going to probably add on a couple more there. Outside of fleet, um, what we what we strive to be is the end-to-end -end solution for heavy civil contractors, right? So our our products, uh, the way that they're built, they're really built with our customer in mind first. So we built a lot of these solutions uh, alongside certain customers that we've worked with over the last 
know, almost 40 years being in business. Um, so really when you look at our products, we break it up as a bid to completion um, as, as platform. Um, so we have uh, roughly around 10 different products or so. Um, our largest or our well-known products are heavy bid and heavy job. Um, so uh, estimating would be the heavy bid side of the world to where you're dealing with your pricing and your costing and dealing with you know getting quotes from your subs, et cetera, uh, and putting that proposal together to where you're able to bid for work. Um, and then heavy job comes into play is uh, managing your work, right? Making sure that your costs are, are on track and your hours are being reported from your guys in the field with a project management system because, you know, project managers need to keep track of the P&L of the job. We have solutions, you know, those are our two main ones that a lot of people know us for. We have other um, solutions that are used, again, by tens of thousands of people in the field daily. And um, these are for safety and uh, plans management. Um, I think uh, Phil walked through uh, some of some of our fleet solutions, right? We got a fueling solution as well, a dispatching solution. Um, so there's, there are a lot of components, you know, again, 10 products, it's hard to go into details of every single one. Uh, but at the end of the day, they are built to help support the contractor in delivering a job on time and on budget. So I guess the question I have here is, is like, I'm, I'm an outsider, right? And I just see a bridge being built or a road being built or something, right? And I'm always like, how the heck do these guys even figure out like what this costs, right? Like there's gotta be so many variables in those huge projects like that. And my dad owns a concrete company up in Northern Minnesota. And, you know, they always bid like the same price, the contractors and the contractors, their final bids to these things would be like all over the board, right? And they're always, there's always arguing going on, all these things. So I guess the question is, is like, I mean, this must have took you a while to figure out how to build software that can basically do the heavy civil engineering stuff because it's just such a wide variety of different types of projects that are out there. Yeah, I mean, we've you know we've been in business forty year, almost forty years now, right? So it, it's it's taken us a while, but uh, we've perfected it at this point. Um, you are right; it is incredibly complicated. And due to the type of work that our contractors are typically bidding, um, there isn't a lot of margin for error. So from a cost standpoint, you got to get it right from the beginning. So you got to understand exactly what it costs you to for, you know, to uh, be able to dump dirt. You got to know what it costs to uh, purchase uh, asphalt. You got to know and right now with how everything is up and down so frequently, it's hard to understand all that stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, with experience, obviously, uh, and using a system such as ours, it helps you do that. It helps you keep track of the latest quotes from your different suppliers. It helps you be standardized across your your material rates and your equipment rates and your employee rates and all that stuff to where you're able to have some type of consistency when you're bidding. Um, and that's very important, especially because you want to stay on top of it in today's market more than, you know, in the past because it's so competitive. Yeah, so I, I guess I got to imagine there's some setup the user has to do on that side, right? For all their costing and everything. So I mean, I just know us. It takes us like a month to figure out like our laptop costing packages, right? Because the variables, this is much more complex. So I'm, I'm assuming then they have to put all like their costing and what it costs them an hour for a machine and fuel and all the things. And then does does your software also translate into? I think I heard you use the word maybe it was fill the PNL word as well. So does it does it flow all the way through like that where people can see? actually how well they bid that job or poorly bid that job or how far does your software go? Yeah, so essentially the workflow starts like once the new customer comes in and they purchase a heavy bid, which is our estimating system, right? They're gonna create that standardization. They're gonna put in their equipment rates, their labor rates, et cetera. And um, as time progresses, they're gonna update those. 
Um, you might update your your equipment rates quarterly, right? Um, employee rates based off, uh, you know, certain in the last couple of years, you're probably updating your employee rates a lot more often than uh, you were previously due to inflation and everything that's going on. Right. Um, but once you build once you build that bid and you've been awarded that bid, you build a, a package and you send it into our um, a heavy job, which is our job costs or job management system. And uh, from within our job cost system, so there's that integration between heavy bid and heavy job. So once you've bid it, you've been awarded, you push it over into our other platform. And over there, you're able to track daily um, which employees worked on what activity, uh, how many hours did it take them to complete this activity, what equipment was used, what material was used. So you're able to stay on top of your daily labor costs, your daily equipment costs, material costs, et cetera, and be able to track how many, um, especially if you're tracking like your production quantity, right? How many how many uh, linear feet of pipe did I lay today? Um, you're able to know, okay, how many hours and how many resources it'll take me or, uh, to lay, you know, 500 feet of pipe. Yeah, no, it's all um, it's all very interesting, right? Because I see construction companies come and go based on bidding, underbidding jobs, and all the things. And having the right the right operational systems inside your organization is critical to having operational success. So I I appreciate what you're saying, and it sounds like a similar thing here. Like we built diagnostic tools first, and then we built repair, and we never really like connected the two pieces together. Now we got to connect them, and then we had built a parts module, and like okay, these all need to talk to each other to make a good seamless user experience. And it sounds like what's been happening at HCSS. Uh, but I want to go back to Phil for a second here, because I, I believe one of the words you use is like machine data. Is that getting a more common thing in the last several years where people are saying like, I need data off the equipment in my fleet so I know what's going on? Because it used to not be that way. It used to just be, I have a thing, it broke down, now it's in the shop. And people seem like they're wanting to do things with the data. Can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing out there from, from your customers and, and where HCSS is in that? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so the kind of the to preface that is we saw the same uh, kind of attitude with just telematics in general several years ago it was a uh, people were very apprehensive about installing tracking devices in, in vehicles there was some uh, uh, anxiety from from drivers and operators that they were being tracked you know kind of the whole big brother thing and then we kind of saw the, the the slow migration towards acceptance. Every new vehicle comes with a, a telematics device. And now we're at the point where uh, it's not necessarily if a piece of equipment or if a vehicle has a telematics device, it's what type of telematics device and what data is getting captured. And so now we're, now we're past the uh, – we're, we're into the acceptance phase. And what we're seeing in that phase is that people are hungry for the data. So it's not just uh, kind of what you would uh, historically think of as like a slap and track uh, type of telematics where it's just, where is my equipment? Now it's more of, uh, I know where my equipment is, but I want to make sure that my equipment is operating the way that it's supposed to, that it's not, uh, that it's not uh, idling too much or that we are not bypassing active regen or regeneration cycles and derating equipment. And so we're getting a lot more information out of that machine data that can directly translate to business decisions. And it's uh, some of that stuff you write is, you know, a piece of equipment used to or, or a truck used to have a check engine light. And hopefully we would get that back to the shop and take a look at it. Sometimes we just kind of, you know, just raise the steering wheel up, drop it down so you don't see it and just keep on trucking. Um, now we're, we're kind of 
automating that process. So one of the things that we strive to do with machine data is give customers real-time decision-making ability. So one of the things that we that we kind of approached you guys for and, and that I think was a great fit is fault code, uh, fault code analysis and monitoring. So our plug-in devices, uh, we have our own first-party hardware that we plug in uh, or the customers plug into their pieces of equipment. Real give them real-time notifications of fault codes so they can determine, you know, hey, this is a severe fault. We need to we need to down this piece of equipment and repair it right now. Or uh, this is something that we can catalog and, and get to it when we get to it. But either way, we're giving them that data right now. And that's something traditionally that they wouldn't have had access to. Yeah. And I, I think that's the important piece is like what I've seen, and we see this across trucking all the time and now off highway as well where people are just getting like a massive amounts of data and a lot of times they don't even know what to do with it. It's a, it's almost overwhelming. Like the story I, I give is my dad bought some new trucks and he literally get like the same text alerts every single day on these brand new trucks. And he's like, I just stopped looking. <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't helping yep. me with a problem. It was just, it was almost overload. And I know when we do a vehicle health scan with our tools, we actually collect a ton of data. We just show the customer just like a little min minutia of it to make it simple on them. Are you finding the same thing with your customers? They don't know quite what they should be looking for, what's important. And then is predictive starting to come into the conversation at all with, with some of these customers as well? Absolutely. Yeah. So we uh, we actually call that internally alert fatigue. It's, uh, we've had uh, we've had customers uh, get too much data, and we've actually had there were some growing pains when we when we first really got into mesh heavily of being uh, intentional and being uh, uh, giving them alerts that are going to drive business decisions as opposed to just flooding them with data. You know, they're drinking from a fire hose, uh, and at that point. They either one stop looking at them because they don't have enough time to do it, or two they have so much data that they can't make a business decision. You get you know analysis paralysis. So we uh, we've done some work on our end uh, over the last couple of years to get very intentional about how our alerts are set up. They're completely customizable, um, and so we do have that same. We are pulling a ton of data, but it's really up to each individual uh, user. So we can do alerting down to you know one job, one equipment, one person, and that really allows them to say, all right, this this particular user may care about these five pieces of equipment, and I only care uh, if they're uh, if they're a white fleet manager. I only care if these five trucks are speeding. Everything else. I just kind of want to know if we get a fault code. And so that way they're filtering out a lot of that, uh, not necessarily uh, unnecessary data, but they're filtering out data that they are not going to be using to make business decisions on. Yeah. And Phil, for the audience, you know, when we talk fleet and, and the product that you guys have today, is there like a ideal customer size or type that you guys are really like, hey, these, these are the ones that really fit our sweet spot? We have, uh, we have customers all over the place. Uh, typically, most of our customers have you know, 100 or 200 assets, but we have customers that range from, uh, I've sold a single GPS unit to one one guy who put it on a side-by-side, -side, and I've sold, uh, you know, 2,000 GPS units to, uh, to to larger customers that do specialty work, uh, you know, rail work, uh, marine work. So it's really, if you're a contractor in the uh, infrastructure space and you have equipment, uh, that's that's really who our target customer is, and and more so on the equipment side, 
if you're in construction, because every everybody in construction has equipment to a certain extent. Rateb, uh, I was at Con Expo. I guys, I walked by your booth, and it was like 20 times the size of the booth that we had at Diesel Laptops. And I think you guys had about 50 different like live demo stations going on. So I kind of like listened there, but it looked like that was one heck of a show for you guys. It was packed like every day. I walked past that place over there. How did how did it how did it turn out for you guys? Now that we're a couple months past Con Expo. So we, we call Con Expo, it's our World Cup, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it happens once every couple of years and we go big or go home. Um, so this is, it's a major event for us. I mean, not only right. meeting new, new, new potential customers, but also existing customers, right? We got that big old board in the middle of our booth with the names of all of our thousands of customers that use it. And then they'll come up and they'll take pictures of it. So it's always, it's a fun time, right? So it's not only you're meeting new people, but you're also being able to just grab a beer with you know one of the guys that you a customer that you've known for years on years um that's just in vegas to have a good time to check out the show um it went it was very very well for us it was uh exciting this year to see um see it being back after covid you know we were there in 2020 and um when kind of everything hit the fan right uh but seeing how it came back stronger than ever this year was awesome um, our booth was was a lot of fun. I mean, we were there for five or six days, but honestly, um, it didn't feel like it because we were just moving the whole time. It was it was lively. I mean, we, we would get there at eight a.m. and we would stay there till five or six every single day, and it was just uh, you don't you don't you the time is going by so fast because you're having a good time. Yeah, that was the first time we actually got the full event because obviously the COVID one where we all left early and they shut the show down and, and all that happened. I, I think our team was more like the party fans of the World Cup, not actually playing in it because <laughs> I was at, I was the first one at the booth, like the first morning. And I think the show opened at eight or nine. Like nobody showed up for like 20 minutes. <laughs> like, like, we went a little too hard last night, guys. We got to we gotta game plan this a little <laughs> bit better to make this through the whole week because a, a week in Vegas going hard can be can be tough on everybody. Uh, but for the audience that's never been to Con Expo, I have no idea what we're talking about. How how would you describe that sh- that that event to to someone that's never seen it or been there? I mean, honestly, if if you have any, even if you're not in the construction world, right? Uh, if you have nothing to do with construction, it's just a great experience to see that the tools, the equipment um, that's used to build this beautiful country. Right. Um, you'll see, you know, we're able to see autonomous equipment this year and just see it. We, we hear about it all the time in vehicles. Now you're starting to see it, you know, show up in construction. So you're able to see the innovation that's going on in, in this industry. Cause I think for, you know, the, the people that are not necessarily in construction don't think of construction as a innovative or a uh, pro technology industry, but really technology fuels um, everything. It, it fuels our equipment. Um, it fuels the software that runs our, our jobs. Um, I mean, even down to how we track fuel in our equipment. Um, you know, when as when asphalt is uh, laid, it's all through uh, technology. Everything is based off tech, and just come come coming to see everything that powers this infra- the infrastructure world is awesome. Yeah, it's amazing how big this world really is when you talk about all the equipment and machineries and all the all the things that need to happen just so we, you know, the toilet flushes or the the bridge works or the building works, the building, you know, like it just it's actually unbelievable for us behind the scenes. And I think we're like you guys, we're we're here supporting these companies, helping them be more efficient at their jobs and making sure they're successful and, and projects get done on time and all the things. So if people want to learn more about HCSS, where should we send them to? 
Um, yeah, we're we're on we're on LinkedIn. Uh, if you go to LinkedIn and you just search HCSS, you'll see us. HCSS.com is our website. Uh, we have a we have an Instagram page inside HCSS. We're on Facebook. Uh, any any major social media outlet, you'll find us there. Um, I'm myself and Phil. We're both on LinkedIn as well. You could look at you could look at either of us if you ever want to reach out to us and just learn more about HCSS, um, what we oversee or learn about uh, fleet our fleet products, our, our partnerships and marketplace. We would love to uh, give you guys a little bit of insight. Well, you guys have been great to work with. I have seen the demos of the program. I've seen the software in action. I know you guys are you guys are dominating that world with a lot of customer segments and everything. You wouldn't be around for 40 years if you guys weren't successful at building a high quality product that people enjoyed and saved them time and saved them money. So I think the audience fully gets that, hopefully at this point. So as we end every episode, it's not just diagnostics, it's diagnostics done right. And now we get some integrations with some great partners like HCSS. You're gonna see a lot more of these things in the future. I think this is the start of just a small step working together with HCSS. We're really looking forward to the future together and we will call an episode, like, comment, share, subscribe. All those things help us. We'll catch you on the next one.